0: Set your phasers to sexy
1: of True North Nerds Yay! This week it is our favorites of 2003 because it is now
2: 2023. Um, you mean 2023? I did not make a list
1: for 2003 <laughs> Oh, 2000 2000- <laughs> I'm done, I'm going home Something,
2: See you later You are home
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh. Just letting you know Sorry man
1: Yeah, <laughs> 2023 yes. There we go Maybe I was trying to keep you all on your toes. See if you had this for 2003. (laughs) I do not.
3: I don't even remember what I did in 2023. Never mind 2003.
1: Yeah. That's a very valid point. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) With that in mind, uh, we have Kevin. Hi. And we have Jen.
4: Hello. And we have Ryan. Hi.
1: Ryan. Yes. Uh, what's in the news this week? Not
4: a hell of a lot. Hmm. I have Good two night, things. All. I have two items, and if you guys have anything else to add, please feel free. Okay. Um, one, uh, we t- discussed this uh, in passing, I think a few episodes ago, about uh, Stephen Young, uh, was rumored or was the, the talk was he was going to be the sentry in Thunderbolts.
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
4: now he is exiting Marvel's Thunderbolts. The official reason has not been disclosed.
3: Oh, did he do but... bad things on the internet?
4: No, uh, okay, not that I good. know of.
1: Hope not. Um, that's, that's usually no. What I guess, it... so. <laughs> My guess is strikes plus strikes plus this movie being shifted around everywhere. It probably is scheduling conflicts.
3: Yeah. Okay. Good.
1: He's even stated that, like, he posted somewhere that he still wants to be in a Marvel movie, so. Yeah, that's my thought. It it just doesn't line up anymore.
2: And Marvel's been kind of floundering lately, so, you know, there's there's that, too. There is the possibility that he just is like, "Eh, do I want to do a a superhero film now when they're sort of on the decline?
3: We all knew this day was going to come.
2: Oh, yeah, it had to come.
4: Uh, and that, so that one, and in my other little bit of news, well, it's more of a rumor, which is, comes out of that, well, duh, category. Um, what's also, once again, shows that we're being listened to.
0: Uh, <laughs>
4: rumor has it that Disney is planning a young Avengers film. Woo! Huh? Yeah. Say, so, oh, wait, you mean when we watched the end of Marvels and they teased that? Yeah, duh.
1: <laughs> so. And that's what I got for news. Yeah, not a heck of a lot came out this week in terms of news. Do you got anything,
2: uh, Kevin? Well, there is um, there is a little Star Trek rumor going around. I guess Patrick Stewart was on a podcast just before Christmas, and he announced and he said on this podcast that he's very excited about a script for a Picard movie that is out there. So um, maybe the reason we haven't heard anything about Star Trek Legacy is because they are going to. Make another film with Picard in it, perhaps picking up where Legacy left off. I don't know. I don't know much more than that. I haven't gone and listened to that podcast, but that is uh, that is some Star Trek, uh, some Star Trek scuttlebutt that's going on right now. Have you have you guys heard anything about that? I th- uh, I, I heard hearing- the same
4: thing you did. Yeah, as you say, I thought I remember hearing something a while back about. Was talk of there being a Picard movie or people wanting to make a Picard movie or something but whether or not he would be willing to come back or
2: well apparently he likes the script so mm. that's a good sign and whether it is a a, a big screen Star Trek film or like what um, like like uh, what Emperor Giorgio is making a made for TV I think they're calling them long Treks
1: um, oh, okay
2: <laughs> uh, you know, we don't know. So, there's still lots of lots of things happening over in the Star Trek, um, the Star Trek realm of things.
1: Wonderful. Hmm. Um, I've got one uh, that I thought I mentioned. That's not really n- news news, but it's definitely interesting and falls into uh, my continual interest in copyrights and trademarks and stuff like that. There is a story going around that uh, DC Comics has contacted uh, Marvel and tell has told Marvel that uh, they think they own Machine Man.
2: Oh, I read this too.
1: Yeah, and and like some of it, like like fits like in in terms of thinking. So uh, loyal listeners might recognize the fact that I love Machine Man. He is a wacky 70s Marvel character whose design and just general idea behind the the character I've always loved. However, Machine Man, it comes out of the comic book series of 2001, A Space Odyssey. Marvel famously adapted it. They had Jack Kirby adapt it. Mm
4: -hmm. And so,
1: like, at a certain point, I think it's, like, issue 8 um they introduce like original characters into it with one of which is machine man who is probably the only thing out of that that still kind of exists in the mcu right the thing is is warner brothers i.e dc comics owns 2001's a space odyssey the movie now they don't own the book they just own the movie, mm-hmm. of which this comic book was an adaptation of to a certain point, And then they started adding things like like Machine Man. So in theory, they, they could be right because they, they would own the, the comic book rights to 2001. That's one of those license things that you tend to get. Like, for instance, uh, Titan uh, Comics now has the rights to Conan which means they have the rights to reprint all the Marvel and Dark Horse Conan stuff th- that has occurred with the exception of uh the Conan stuff that the the Savage Avengers that that run that had like, you know, Conan in a version of the Avengers. They can't do that, but they can reprint all the Conan Conan stuff. So that kind of thinking does make sense. But it's the only thing to me is like how did they not figure this out like years ago? Cause it's like Machine Man gets used, I would say about every four or five years, somebody trots him out for a new mm-hmm. series or a new idea or story or something like that. So it's not like it's not like he disappeared in eighty-five and has never been used again. Like he was used last year, I think. So
4: I wonder if it's just more lawyers looking into stuff related to um, Space Odyssey, you know, that into that that property, and somebody
1: stumbled across this and is like, oh, wait a tick. Yeah, this comes out of, like, a big thing. Bleeding Cool put up, uh, like, has put up a couple posts about this. Um, it started with, uh, like, just, like, you know, kind of like what we talk about, like, this story in Almost two, uh it started with a story that like has no consequences to the now. It's just an interesting footnote of Gail Simone having a meeting with Dan DiDio. And basically Dan had been handed this list of properties by from Warner Brothers of this is all stuff we own. Do we what if you could, what would you make a comic book out of? So the stuff that ended up happening is those um, really good but really weird Hanna Barbera books that came out, like the the Flintstones and the uh, the Jetsons and the mm-hmm. uh, the Scooby Doo Apocalypse, like all of, yeah all of those books that all those came out of like basically these set of meetings, because it wasn't just Gale; they talked to a whole bunch of other people. But um, the Mad Max comic book kind of came out of that, some Lost Boy stuff. Apparently what didn't come out of it is Gail Simone pitched them on Mortal Kombat and kind of the her general idea and pitch was bringing Mortal Kombat actually into the DC universe. Like, have them as characters, like, floating around with Batman and stuff. Not just, like, that uh, That fighting game that they, they did some stuff with. This would be an actual, like, they are part of all the same universe. Other properties that were looked at was there was a pitch for Dirty Harry. Um, uh, our f- good friend uh, Jimmy Palmiotti was part of that one. Apparently, it got squashed because uh, Warners would not okay it unless... Uh, Clint Eastwood okayed it and nobody could get a reply back from Clint Eastwood about doing a comic book about Dirty Harry. Hmm. And the the last one that seems to be an interesting no-go was Goonies was also up for grabs Hmm. at one point.
2: Is DC still publishing a Looney Tunes book?
1: Yes. Yes. Um, Batman and Scooby-Doo, whatever it's actually called. Yeah, is, it's one of those books that, like, they they do like 12 issue miniseries, yeah, and just yeah, I knew about number it. One. I just yeah. you not
2: know, sure about Looney Tunes,
4: and like, I think they, there's still a Looney Tunes one too because it's well, at least there's one over on our on our on the uh in the all ages section, there's a Looney yeah, Tunes that's like
1: issue 100 and something, or there, more. Yeah. definitely was. I think it's still running, and I, uh, I don't they, remember a putting one out recently but that doesn't mean anything either
2: they could do comics based on animaniacs and tiny tunes like there's all kinds of uh kinds of properties that warner owns that they could uh, the battle on five
1: well this was this was also like years ago this occurred right like this is this isn't recent but it's the the your your point to like the stuff that they could do is interesting because they tend not to mm-hmm. like it, it's weird they they do have like all ages comic books built around hanna-barbera cartoons for the most part mm-hmm. which is another company they use and some Looney Tunes stuff but you would have thought like when Animaniacs, when they brought that back you would have thought maybe they would have tried something with that and nothing is. Mm -hmm. I always find it interesting how these companies work with stuff like this, like, you know, Marvel and Disney are are complete examples of the fact that Disney has all of these properties, like like, like all ages properties, but yet Marvel never really gives it a go with an all ages line featuring any of them. In fact, they're farmed out to other companies. Dynamite, for instance, it has like a whole line of Disney villain comic books at the moment, along with Gargoyles and a couple others that like that's it's licensed out to them. I've always been curious why, like why they don't try making an all ages line like they had when we were kids, like the star line. If, uh, if you're a certain age, you will remember it to a certain extent.
3: Probably cheaper for them to uh, sell the rights than it is for them to hire the people to de- to develop the books them- themselves.
1: That's that right. very well could be.
4: And licensing it to somebody is well, that's income versus, like yeah. Jen was saying, like having to pay artists, pay writers, pay editors more yeah. for another mm-hmm. book.
3: And then if the book fails, it doesn't matter; they still get the money yeah. from licensing. They're not uh, out or anything. Their risk, the risk is very low, for them to do it that way.
1: It looks like I the think what it comes one down to is I want Planetary back at Marvel. That's what
2: <laughs> Planetary. I want.
1: It, yeah, uh, to be to be honest though, that character did get brought back uh, about eight years ago. In, huh. as part of the regular Marvel universe he was brought so he was brought back in the Drax spin-off book that was uh, i think it lasted a year i think it's at least 12 issues um co-written by uh now WWE wrestler i, I well i guess again WWE wrestler CM Punk was the co-writer on the book hmm. uh, ed McGinnis drew like the first four issues or something like that i think but yeah, he brought they brought Planet Terry into the MCU, and I thought it was genius. But anyways,
2: it looks like um, the la- the last issue of Looney Tunes was issue two hundred and seventy five. Wow, so yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's still running apparently.
1: I I'd be curious to see like so I know like our shop numbers to a certain extent, right? Like I can go on. My on the computer at work and figure out how many copies of the latest issue sold, but I'd be curious to know what other stores sell in it.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, like because like I for us, our our best selling all ages books like that are and sold to kids would be Sonic the Hedgehog from IDW. Mm-hmm. That one sells very well. Um, to, in terms of like or at least in graphic novel form single issues here and there but graphic novel form and I after that like to actual kids it would be stuff that's not from like major licensing for yeah the most part it would yeah. be like um, what's it called heart stoppers. Mm-hmm. Is that is that the graphic novel series that's a Netflix series?
4: Mm-hmm. Heart,
1: I always want to call it Heartbreakers, but I know yeah, that's not right. That one I think
4: is that's more of a younger That's a, a, a well, old, yeah, young older adult. young reader. Like what is it that uh, Captain
1: Underpants and the, what's the yeah the, the, the Dog, Dog Man one, Dog Man yeah yeah like our, our my boss has said uh, like a number of times is the richest guy in comics. Like the richest writer artist is Dan Pikey, the guy who does Dogman.
3: Dav Pilkey.
1: It Pilkey? I thought, it were, I thought there was a K- no L no, in it.
3: It's, it's Dav Pilkey.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's him because his book, it, it, the minute it's released, hits New York Times bestseller list, like number oh, one, yeah. like every single time. So, like, and he, I believe, he owns the creation, like the character and the spin offs. Uh, what is it? Dog Man and Cat Kid is Cat Kid, I think, one of the spinoffs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
3: who would know. have thought that a book geared towards 10 and 11-year-olds about potty humor would do so well? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. Is that the guy who did? He did Captain Underpants first, though, yep. right?
3: Yep. He started Same with guy? Captain Underpants, and the kids ate it up.
1: Yes, they but, did. I
3: mean, I read a couple in my librarian days. They're good books. Don't get me wrong. My favorite book by him is actually a picture book called Cat Kong. And it's um, a cat that is basically taking the place of King Kong, destroying a city full of mice. It's it's a great book.
1: <laughs> but between Captain Underpants and Dogman, like, he must have, like, the Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> like, fault yeah, of money. I know. I'm like, very, good on him. Like, but... Yeah,
3: very good on him. Because, you know, I love seeing authors uh, get to that level. Because especially for the amount of books that are published every year. The amount mm, yeah. of authors who get to that level are very few and far between, so I always makes me happy when somebody succeeds like that.
1: I I've always said one of the smartest guys in comics in the last thirty years was uh, Jeff Smith with Bone. Yep, because he signed that deal with Scholastic and like he retains ownership. So anytime, like, a movie comes along, or, well, potential movie, I guess, comes along or TV show or anything like that, he makes money off of it still. He makes, like, that's a book that he hasn't, well, they did do a new book not too long ago that came out that's, like, short stories and stuff. But, like, you know, for the most part, Bone was finished, what, 15 years ago? And, and it's still like I still sell at least like one to two volumes of number one a month. Wow, it, yeah.
0: it's
1: it's an easy sell. Like mm-hmm. it, it's,
3: it's a good book too.
1: It's yeah. uh, it's Huey, Louie, and Dewey meets Lord of the Rings. So,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um,
2: yeah.
3: Well, that so, was a fun uh,
2: tangent conversation. Yeah.
3: That's how we
1: do this show, though
3: That's what Mm. people are here for, the rabbit holes
1: It it really, like, our show should be called Tangents More than anything
3: else
1: (laughs) at this point
3: Nerd Tangents Mm.
1: But as we said at the start of the episode It is 2024, which means our favorite things of 2023 Uh, We use the term favorites because we can't go out and see everything So saying best of is, like a little like wrong in a lot of ways, but um, it's a little
3: but, wrong in a lot of ways.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're going to keep it, we're going to start off with like movies and TV, mm-hmm. and then we'll do uh, some books and some comics, and uh, we'll avoid toys because uh, Ryan and I will be doing that in theory. Uh, later. Oh, there's on. no. In theory, it's happening. and oh, uh, I, I don't know. I might not be there. Like the, the the my schedule might not match up with yours and Ed's. So you might. Oh, it will. Okay. <laughs> um. So we'll uh, avoid toys for the most part, which shouldn't be too. Or at least Ryan and I will. If uh, Jen wants to talk about her favorite toys of the year, she is more than welcome to.
3: I don't remember what I bought. I bought a lot of stuff. I can remember the most <laughs> recent things I've bought
1: I don't know that Ken that you got this week
3: Oh it's pretty damn awesome
1: <laughs> Although that that Well it was a toy that came out last year But you got it this year so yeah, I don't know
3: eh, um, Actually I probably could like Have a top toy from like our toy fair
1: Oh that's true I
3: don't know that's I've it. gotten a lot of toys this year I gotta like stop spending so much money on dolls I've run out of room <laughs> I bought another doll yesterday Nice.
2: (laughs) She's so pretty. (laughs) Anyway. If it makes you happy.
3: It makes me so happy, but I don't have enough room. And I want to display them. Otherwise, I'm like, what's the point? It's like owning art and keeping it boxed up. There's no point.
4: Well, you guys have that whole big basement that we could set up all kinds of bookcases and shelving in.
3: Yeah, we'll have to have you over one day, Ryan, and you can help me figure out a floor plan.
1: Sounds good. With that in mind, let's start off with our favorite movies of 2023. And we're going to start with Kevin. Okay.
2: Now, this, includes movies. <laughs> this includes movies that I saw as late as today. Um, because <laughs> uh, I saw a 2023 movie today, and I forgot to put it oh, on okay. my list. I saw it... Where Where should I put it on my list? I think I would put it right about here. Let's put it there. So okay. I have seen... Thirteen movies that were released in twenty twenty three. Uh uh, so I'm gonna give you my top thirteen because <laughs> why give you a top ten when there's only when I'm only even three movies off the list? Hey, so <laughs> what
4: so thirteen movies that you saw in theaters? Yes, I saw
2: thirteen movies in theaters. Uh thirteen twenty twenty three movies I saw in
4: theaters. Well, I'll get you beat because I of have you four, do. I have fourteen on my list that oh, I know well, I saw in theaters. Well, oh, I got I, off the
3: line of somewhere. I got
4: 15. I might have seen 15. I just, I had 14 on my list that I know I saw in theaters. The thing is, if
3: you go into your Cineplex app, you can see the history of what you bought tickets for. Except (laughs) when my
4: friends are the ones that have the discounts and buy tickets for me all the time. So I don't get extra Cineplex points or have that
1: option to track my Cineplex stuff. Well, then you
3: need to start writing them down. (laughs)
1: I have fourteen, so it's okay. gonna be close to gents. But anyways, continue, right. Kevin. So here's
2: here's I'm gonna go bottom to top, uh, and you we could talk about these movies as as we go along. I'm sure maybe we could oh, yeah. each do our list and then talk
4: about them. Okay. Or uh, you, so want you want me to just ten. give me give you the list, or yeah, I or, or do we all have ten? I've got I at least ten. ten. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. at least ten. Do we each want to say? What has anybody else put them in order other than Kevin and I? I put
1: them in order. I put like like my top like, three basically. Okay. So, as you say, why don't
4: we all just go with what was your number 10 pick? Okay. Oh, let's do that. Let's do that. Rotate through like that. So, it doesn't have to be your number 10, Brent. Like, well, all these are all ones we loved and liked or whatever. There's no, -hmm. the the order is arbitrary. Okay. You could ask I, me tomorrow and my order could change But exactly. let's just go with the something
2: So the three movies that didn't make my top ten I'm not saying they're bad movies I just yeah. didn't love them as much yep. as the top ten Okay, yeah. so number ten is um, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny Okay
4: Didn't uh, even make my list
3: No, wow. I didn't make my list either Not my top ten
4: And okay. That would be 15 that I saw in theater because I, I didn't even write that one down It, it was fun make-
2: Oh, it was it fun was, Yeah it was, uh, you know, um, sort of, it was sometimes it felt sad watching an elderly Harrison Ford do things his body shouldn't be doing. Uh, but, you know, on the most part, for the whole, on the whole, I, I liked it and I would love to see a, a Phoebe Waller Bridge spinoff.
3: A lot of the um, quote unquote archaeology of that movie made me kind of angry. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the whole. Okay, I'll, let's let's say right now, there's going to be spoilers for all these movies we're going to talk about. But right. not even the whole going back in time shenanigans. It bugged me, but not as much because it's an Indiana Jones movie. But the, the the whole Akrotiri device and the shipwreck. And uh, no, no, no. I think that one was number hmm, 10, 11. It was 12 or 13 on my list, honestly.
4: Gotcha. <laughs>
2: Who wants to give their number 10 next?
4: I'll go next because I'm already breaking the rules. I, we, we said rules anyway. Uh, that, this one wasn't a theatrical release. Oh. It was a straight to Disney. That okay. Okay. No one will save you. Oh, I don't know that movie.
3: Oh, I just remembered another movie that I saw straight to so, Disney. I, I know we
4: I brought it up because I talked about it. I at the very least as a geek pick the one the week I watched it. it. Um so no one will save you. It was a I think it's on Star on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. It's an alien invasion movie with like two lines like well, barely any dialogue. Mm. Um yeah, it's it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, it took me a while to realize wait a minute, nobody's talking in this thing. Uh part of was apparently it was filmed uh during the pandemic or at the tail end when things started to open up. So like it was the, when you watch it and you see that the, it's mostly the, our protagonist on her own mm-hmm. a lot, which is, you know, part of that whole, you know, with COVID rules and stuff like that. Right. So yeah. uh, it's uh yeah, it's on Disney plus. If you're looking for a nice little uh, alien invasion or abduction thriller kind of thing, give it a watch. Cool. Chen, what was your number 10?
3: Okay. My number 10 was the, the Little Mermaid remake. Oh, I haven't I seen and, that one yet. I went and saw this one by myself because I wanted to go to the movies and I didn't think anybody else wanted to see this. So, <laughs> um, and it, it's the way I was grouping these movies is, okay, if I was going to watch them again, which one would I want to watch? So that's uh-huh. kind of how I sorted out my top 10 same what I saw at the beginning of the year, I barely remember, so they might be in the wrong order, but whatever. So my number, yeah, my ten was The Little Mermaid. It was good. I enjoyed it, from what I remember. Um, but there were, there were some things they like. They were trying to make it really close to the animated one mm-hmm. and keep all like the classic songs and the familiarity and like that. And there were some things like the um, Under the Sea song that they kind of shoehorned in, but the lyrics didn't make any sense anymore. <laughs> because it's not a cartoon Right So But overall um, Apparently um What's his name? Javier Bardem I think he played Triton mm-hmm. Apparently Javier Bardem as a merman Really does something for me though
2: oh. <laughs>
3: That's part of the do, reason He's my number 10 <laughs>
1: uh, Do we need to get Brent a fishtail? <laughs> do we want to see what Brent drowned?
4: <laughs> well, we didn't say we'd put you in the water we just give you a tail
3: We'll have this conversation off, mic. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, you can't borrow
1: my Trident
2: Alright, Brent, what's your number 10?
1: So I, uh, I muted myself And quickly uh, made up my top 10 list Out of all the movies that That's what uh, I thought you were <laughs> doing yeah. um, So I, I do... Uh, I am going to make an exception in the terms of if I get reminded of a movie. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. don't worry about it. Because I I, I will say secrecy. this: look, looking at my list, like the the top five are all like, as the kids would say, bangers. Mm. Um, but the bottom half of the list are like they were all good. Uh, but I like don't remember them that well. Yeah. You know it like and and we'll get to it as we go on but uh number 10 was a movie that I saw with Ryan and completely had no expectations on liking or ooh, wanting ooh, to see can it I really. guess sure Transformers rise of the beasts yes it was <laughs> <laughs> um it, it was everything that I kind of wanted in the Transformer movies to begin with uh it wasn't as good as bumblebee was. But it was enjoyable. It had robot-on-robot beaten action, which maybe I shouldn't say that because I'll get us flagged on something. <laughs> um, but it, it, was, it was good. And it leads into, spoiler, it leads into a possible G.I. Joe connection that I've been wanting for, like, years. So... Yeah, um, the, I enjoyed that, and I've actually been meaning to rewatch it and see if I it still holds up. I just haven't really gotten around to it.
2: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Uh, all right, next, Kevin.
2: Uh, so my number nine film is a fairly recent movie that I saw uh, just before Christmas, and that's Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Has anybody else seen oh, Aquaman okay. yet?
4: I haven't seen
1: no. no.
2: I... Um, you know, if you like the first Aquaman movie this one is pretty good. It's a, it's a, basically it's a buddy movie with Aquaman and ocean master. The two brothers have to go to save um, Atlantis. Um, I, I, I quite liked it. It, it, you know, it's silly DC comic book fun. Uh, but, uh, I really don't have much more to say about it. Just that I had a good time and you know, uh, Jason Momoa is still a, a likable kind of hero. And, um, Patrick Wilson is an interesting guy to play his brother-slash-sidekick. So, yeah, Aquaman and the Last Kingdom is my number nine.
1: All right,
4: Ryan? Uh, So, like you were saying, Brent, for the later half of my list, a lot of it is kind of like, these are all movies I've seen. Not necessarily seen more than once, maybe twice, and that's maybe what helped move some of them higher up my list. Mm. Um, So, my number nine... It was your number ten, Transformers: Rise of the Beast. Yeah, excellent. Um, yeah, all the same reasons you know enjoyed it. Uh, robot action. I thought they missed out on a couple wonderful tie-ins for uh, of musical tie-ins to the old Transformers animated cartoon movie, which because they had some, there was just a few ex- ex- extras that were like perfect opportunities. Yeah, and they didn't play it. like they didn't play the touch once. Like, they should have. But, you know, between the touch and robot on robot, bang in action, we're going to get all kinds of flags on this one. Um, but, yeah, the tease of a G.I. Joe cross you know, greater universe with, with this movie. Yeah. I still remember Brad going, there, <laughs> was it that hard? <laughs> <laughs> Throwing his arms up in the middle of the theater. Yeah, it was a great. So there we go. Transformers Rise of the Beasts, Number nine.
1: Jen.
3: All right. So my number nine is going back to the whole caveat of I don't remember it very well, which is, I think, why it's number nine. And it's Guardians of the Galaxy three. Mm-hmm. It's not a I don't remember it being a bad movie. I remember it being very sad at times, the whole rocket and the animals. But the fact that it was not very memorable to me is why I put it so low.
2: It's my number eleven.
3: Yeah. Like I didn't think it was bad. I just I don't remember it.
1: Agree. No, it's yeah. it, yeah. it, it it is a very fair point, and we'll you will see that pop up in my list for the next couple. To be honest.
3: Yeah. All right. So what's your number nine, Brent?
1: My number nine is the Marvels. Um, it was a super fun movie, uh, short. Didn't need to be more than what it was. Uh, just sort of going forward. I don't know how much in the way of consequences this thing has, but maybe that's a good thing. Like maybe this is what Marvel movies should kind of be going out for a little while. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that's pretty much all I can say about it. It was an uncomplicated script; didn't really have like anything bad about it or anything going for it either. In a lot of ways, and I don't think the haters were like, you know, just wrong about this movie. It Mm -hmm. was good. Again, I feel this is another victim of, you know, everything should matter. Everything should be epic, blah 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 blah. Why do we have women being the stars of movies? Girls <laughs> can't be
3: movies.
1: They can't be superheroes or movies unless they show their movies. Huh? See? Movies, boobies. There we go. Um
3: so many good t-shirts in this so far.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but uh I, I enjoyed it a lot, but it's almost it's also like eh it, it it was one of the better Marvel offerings of the year. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so that, that would be my number nine.
2: All right, up to eight. Oh, eight. For me, number eight is The Flash. And that's mostly because of the Michael Keaton Batman nostalgia. Um, it's a <laughs> silly movie uh, that has, you know, that, that tries to be timey-wimey uh, Doctor who uh, you know they've adapted flashpoint so many times now I really didn't need to see another version of it but I will say that I'm happy because we got to see that Michael Keaton Batman and uh, I like the um the supergirl in the film too I thought that was fine yeah um, uh, you know it it's a it's, it's just basically a fun superhero romp. I even kind of liked the saving all the babies in the hospital scene at the beginning where he's running up the, the shards of glass from the destroyed building. You know, it's a superhero movie. It's going to be dumb. Uh, so embrace it. And they did. So say what you will about Ezra Miller. Um, I'm going to um, keep enjoying The Flash, but only as high as number eight.
1: Whew. Ryan?
4: Well, Brent, you and I really need to stop copying off each other's lists (laughs) because you're not writing the list down right. You're missing the numbers. My number eight is The Marvels. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was good. It was fun. It was a nice, quick, you know, bang, 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 just, you know, action, 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 story. Here we go. You know, not much filler. And, yeah, I enjoyed it. The characters, the the actors were all great. Uh, looking forward to more from them or more connections. You know, we get our tease, like we were talking about earlier, of a young Avengers coming out of this. So, uh, yeah. So my number eight was the Marvels. Yeah. All right.
3: My number eight, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I remember in the theaters very much enjoying watching this, uh, especially that super fat dragon. <laughs> and i loved all of the references as as a D player uh and that i understood a lot of the references um but i'm not sure because i haven't seen it since then what the rewatchability will be whether i'm gonna watch it the second time and be like eh, eh it was okay i guess or if i'm gonna watch it the second time and be like yes it was just as good as i it in theater so because of that, that's my, it's my number eight. But I thought it was fun.
1: <laughs> All right. And that goes to me. My number eight is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, it, I, it's funny because I was talking to, I think I had this conversation both with Jen and Ryan, uh, off mic, like in parking lots or whatever, uh, is I don't... <laughs> in the shadows, under the, the streetlight. Street <laughs> It I just I, I haunt alleyways and give like my unsolicited takes on movies to people as they walk by.
3: <laughs> that is a true fact.
1: They call him <laughs> the critic. <laughs> it
4: stinks. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And Always nobody, certain at the age of forty is going to get that reference.
1: Yeah, Rex. Rex laughed at it. Gary. <laughs> Rex laughed at it. Um. Anyways, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, but when I s- sort of, like, looked at my list yesterday, I started remembering more about it. And um, for Guardians 3, it was a good way to finish this series out with, while leaving, like, some possible trails here and there, especially for Star-Lord, obviously. And, but, like, writing off the characters that we knew were kind of done... You know, like Dave Batista said, he's kind of finished playing Drax because you know it takes a lot of work to keep up that physique and, and be like, you know. He's like, I yeah.
0: just want it, to
3: eat a pie.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like he, he, he's the type of guy that I think will always be healthy, but like he, you know, it's also it's keeping up that physique and getting up at the crack of dawn to be like completely body painted and all that stuff and. Um, yeah, and like for it told really this was a movie about rocket and it told that story very, very well. There was <laughs> like scenes on it that were uh, obviously added on to by the fact that many of the characters are animals and you know, only monsters like seeing animals get like hurt so. Um, yeah, so uh, my number, my number eight is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Uh, the the one thing about it I always wonder is now like that movie got delayed because James Gunn was temporarily fired off of it, which led him to doing Suicide Squad, which has now led him to being like the the main architect of the DC film universe that's coming up. So it worked
3: out well for him.
1: Yeah, so how would have things been different if that had not occurred?
3: Ah, uh, that's the next you know, episode of What If. That's
1: interesting What If that Marvel will never do as a TV show. <laughs> uh. Okay, Kevin, you're up.
2: Okay, number seven was just a super fun time at the movie. Uh, and a super fun time for people of all ages. And that was the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, okay. Uh, I just thought that was, a, it was fun, brightly colored, you know... You know, save the princess kind of a film. Um, I, I, it was just fun. Um, I think Chris um, Pratt needs to stop doing um, uh, animation voices because I just saw the trailer for the Garfield movie. Yeah, and I'm like, why is why does Garfield sound like Mario? Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, but other than that, I, you know, it's just fun and silly. And then there's that that that. Uh, Romantic ballad about Princess Peach that Bowser sings peaches, at the peaches, end. Peaches, peaches, peaches. That that one, yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, fun for the whole family. Um, brightly colored, uh, hits the nostalgia buttons. Uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie was just fun.
4: Ryan. Okay, my number seven is Blue Beetle.
1: Hmm. Oh, I completely forgot we saw that movie. Yes. <laughs> it's on my list.
4: <laughs> uh, it's okay, Brent. You can copy my notes. Um, but yes, Blue <laughs> Beetle. Uh, when I just remember when we all saw it, we were all pleasantly surprised by this movie. Uh, it had it had a great family aspects to it. It had fun and it, you know, funny family aspects to it. The that grandmother,
3: oh uh, god, she was amazing.
4: The CGI was good. The you know the story was fine. Uh, and it said, it, you know, it left enough things that we could get ongoing adventures. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, number seven, Blue Beetle.
3: Um, my number seven is also Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, um, it was adorable. I honestly don't remember very much about it, other than the, uh, that little star dude with the existential dread. And uh, <laughs> I, I love that Luigi was the damsel in distress. Right. But I think the best memory of seeing that movie was going to see it with our nephew who was six at the time and him at the end of the movie. I said, well, did you like it? And he would, that was the best movie I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> and he was like standing up for the whole movie. Like he couldn't even like sit down. He was so excited. So mm-hmm. I, I think that for me, it's that memory is what keeps it high on my list. But mm-hmm. I mean, it was a cute movie. Oh, <laughs> super cute.
1: Yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, which comes back to me and mine is possibly different than everybody else's list in this regards. Uh Haunting in Venice is my number 7. I oh. meant to see that
2: and I never got to
1: it. Uh it's on Disney Plus like right I now I think. Yeah. I think it like started in December. Uh yep, sometimes I watched it there. It was an enjoyable whodunit. Uh, I am a big fan of these movies. They're they're great. Like not only are they great, like you know, popcorn stories. Like mm-hmm. the mysteries aren't particularly hard to figure out most of the time, or at least most of the 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 ending. But the fact that Kenneth Branagh is an incredibly skilled director it heightens these movies a bit. Like they always look gorgeous. Uh, part of the, part of my only problem with this movie is the fact that like it made me want to go back to Italy <laughs> because of some of the like drone shots they have at the start and at the end. I haven't been to Venice, mind you, but it was like, oh, I, I, I want to go. They,
2: do you think they mismarketed that movie because they marketed it like it was a horror movie? Yeah, or, they you did. know the very little in the promo lets you know that it was the third of the Poirot films. Yeah. Mm. Because I saw both Murder on the Orient Express and um, Death on the Nile in theaters. And you know, I think if more had been made of the fact that it was a Poirot movie, I would have gone to see A Haunting in Venice in theaters too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Uh, Although I will say that the title changed because the, what's the original story title? It's something like a Halloween party. It's like bland, generic, short story right. title. Um, I think that was a good idea. But, like, you, you're right. Maybe they should have made... Because I want to say, this did come out in October, right? It did. Yeah, so they were trying to capture that Halloween market. They may have been better off leaving it to November and just, like you, like you said, putting it as the newest Poirot movie. Um, I didn't. Was it scary? Were they trying for scares in it? Well, there is, like...
3: No, not really.
1: Yeah, there there is a supernatural in quotations yeah. element to right. it. Right. But uh on a whole, no. It's it's like a very pooro mystery movie, but it's uh I enjoyed it a, a great deal. Like it and like it's you know, Kenneth Branagh makes good movies and mm-hmm. knows how to get budgets, so the casts are like all star. Like, yeah. between, the, like, these movies, which I assume are paying for whatever Shakespeare movie he makes <laughs> next, and those Shakespeare movies are, like, they're always good, mm-hmm. and they're always, like, star-studded, I you love know, do about nothing. He, has, he has taken the, the same techniques and just applying it to something that has more m- mass-market appeal at this yep. point, I guess. So, yep, that's uh, my number seven, is Haunting in Venice. Awesome. That brings it back
2: to me, number six. And this is a movie that I just saw today. Um, So here's what happened. I was at breakfast with my friends and I said, you know, I was thinking I might go to a movie this afternoon. I might go see Godzilla minus one. And my friend, my friend Miriam, who I think some of you have met, said, uh, you know, I was going to go to a movie. too. I was thinking I really wanted to see Wish, but I don't know if that's playing i haven't heard anything about i'm like oh it's almost out of theaters like it it got very little buzz i said Mm. but if you want to go i will go instead of going to see godzilla i will go and see wish with you so i saw wish this afternoon which is the latest disney animated feature i thought the animation in this was beautiful they're using a computer-generated technique that i've never seen before and it makes it look painterly and you know how a lot of times you can tell the difference between backgrounds and character animation this was so seamless it was just gorgeous um the voice cast was great chris pine as the king who is the villain of the piece is amazing the song's not as memorable as something that you like frozen but they're good but the thing that they're really trying to do with wish was make it like a culmination of a hundred years of disney animation so there are references to every, almost every other Disney film inside this movie. Like the fact that, um, um, Asha's, Asha's got a, she's got a gang of friends and there are seven of them. And if you look at them, they, they might not be dwarves, but they obviously fall into the archetypes of doc, sleepy, bashful, dopey, grumpy, and sneezy, right? Yeah. Uh, there are references to Cinderella. There are references to Peter Pan. Uh, and it's a, it's, in some ways, it doesn't make the story hang together all that well, but I still had my moment where the, uh, the, the, heroes, the heroes band together to save the day, and the music swells, and the fireworks go off, and uh, I had my little bit of uh, Disney emotion that I was craving, and that is why Wish is my number six movie this year.
3: I want to see that movie, too. I didn't realize that it was in and out of theater so fast, though.
2: Well, it's, it's been in theaters since November 25th
3: It yep. has? Uh-huh
1: Geez,
3: mm-hmm. I thought it just came out like a couple weeks ago
1: No, it's that it's that 60, or what is it, 65 day window? Wow Yeah, and yeah, 40, so, It's like 45 day window We went to
2: a 250 screening today, and it was full of kids
1: Well, uh, that's good
2: Yeah, uh yeah, good and bad Good <laughs> that it was full of kids wow. Bad that they never shut up and kept kicking the back of my seat
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, you, you, to be fair You did go to a kids movie on Christmas break In yeah. the middle of the afternoon
2: I did Last day was, of Christmas break That was the only screening there was Like, that's, that's where we're at with this film Yeah We're
1: down to the last
3: oh, crap Well, yeah.
1: the unfortunate thing is that like that Go ahead, Jen
3: I was gonna say, I guess I'll see it on Disney Plus because yeah. I really wanted to watch it. I like seeing the the Disney movies in theaters.
1: The unfortunate thing is, it got good reviews by the looks of things, but it it is the victim of the you know wait until it yeah. get, it hits the streaming, and it and the the sad part is is this is. I, I was watching a thing. This is like the the worst animated return for a Disney movie in quite some time. It's this and Elemental as well. Like Elemental did well, like in terms of box office when you see it against other things, but compared to its cost, was a little harsh.
2: But Elemental, Elemental was never the number one movie, but it was always in the top five, and it yeah. was in the top five. All it, summer, it, it did kept turn chugging along. El- Elemental turned to profit. I feel but, like
3: every movie is the worst grossing movie until the next movie comes out. Then that one is the worst grossing movie. Oh, like every movie that comes out has been the worst grossing movie.
1: It it is what we've been saying for the last little while, right? Yeah. It's, it, it's they have trained everybody. To wait for streaming And then they're surprised when nobody goes to see it in the theater Yeah
2: But the, did you see what they are doing Is the three Pixar movies that were released Straight to Disney Plus They're releasing them in cinemas to see how well they do yeah. So um, Soul is coming out uh, Within the next couple of weeks Turning Red comes out in early February And Luca comes out in Late February I think
1: Yeah the, they're he,
2: each Like a three or four week window
1: also not to be a cynical dick about it but it also is like a bunch of stuff that we were supposed to have out has been delayed and we need to put things out There, there is that too
2: <laughs> but but i kind of really want to see turning red especially on the big screen mm. i like that i movie still
3: haven't seen that so i'll go see that with you
2: sure <laughs> it'll be fun to see animated toronto on the big screen
1: yeah so, Jen, uh, it
2: looks like Wish is only playing at 4:30 this week uh, in the uh, South End Berry Cinema. Every oh, yeah. day until Thursday. So,
1: I gotta got to work,
3: so I guess yeah. I'm not going to be able to go. So, <laughs> It'll in be terms on just
1: of plus in 2 months. Yeah. In terms of worldwide box office, Elemental hit number 9 the, for 2023 and domestic it was 17. Mhm. Which is which is also interesting to see, right? Mm-hmm. Is like it, it did much better, like when it got out everywhere, than it was then just in North America, right? Um, and, and I'll keep these charts up. The, that's according to Box Office Mojo. I'll, I'll right. keep those charts up for like the end of our uh, discussion. So, uh, okay, so Ryan, you're next.
4: Uh, number six. Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. I really mm. enjoyed that, and I have watched it since we saw it in the theaters, uh, at least once, maybe twice now, and uh, I find it still holds up. Oh so, good. Uh, and ha- not having as deep a connection to Dungeons and Dragons, but having you know it, you know some knowledge of it. Uh I yeah, I was able to pick up on some things as we watched it, and. Uh, like we said in our big discussions about it. But uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed that one. That was my number six.
1: Uh, so this time, uh, this oh, is yeah. where... Uh... My
3: turn.
1: Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I <sighs> keep thinking I'm after Ryan for some reason. Because <laughs> we keep having close to the same answers. Yeah. Okay, go okay, ahead.
4: My number
3: six is Blue Beetle. Uh, knew nothing about it going in and remembered really enjoying it. And I'm keeping it short and sweet so this doesn't end up being a six-hour podcast.
1: <laughs> uh, yep.
3: Number six, Blue Beetle. Brent, your turn. <laughs>
1: uh, my number six is where the teacher yells at me for copying Ryan's notes because it's Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this movie, much like Jen. I'm curious to see how it holds up when I watched it. But, like, it was... It's kind of a shame it didn't do better than it did, but again, that's you know, we won't drone on about that for every single movie. Uh, I thought Chris Pine was really good as the bard, which was Mm -hmm. like that was the thing that I think surprised me and made me want to see this movie to begin with. Was seeing the trailer and like, oh, Chris Pine character
3: is a bard, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, not just that, is Chris Pine's in this movie, oh, so he's like the like the fighter or you know like the stealthy rogue nope he's the bard oh sweet Uh (laughs) they're going against type a little bit i'm in Uh um so yeah dungeons and dragons uh still uh, like i said want to see it and see how it holds up uh on to you
2: Oh, number
1: five. Uh, we
2: can just move on quickly because num- my number five was Blue Beetle. I, I uh, this is my highest ranked DC film. It I just thought it was fun, I, especially the family aspect, which is what set it apart from other superhero movies. I, I thought the the family dynamic of uh, the the Reyes family was great. Uh, I especially love Grandmama, and um, and I liked his sister too. I thought she was a great character. So, uh, yep, short and sweet. Blue Beetle. That's my number five.
4: Cool. Ryan. Ryan. Oh, sorry. I was waiting for Jen to go. <laughs> I can go if you want. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. No, I just lost. I just lost the uh, thread there for a minute. Um, number five. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Oh. Uh, yep, it was fun. It was It was good to get into the theaters and see a, a, a quality Ninja Turtle cartoon. And the soundtrack was, you know, just nostalgia, 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 and all that '90s hip hop, and just, you know, it was, it was like it was made for us. So yeah, Mutant Mayhem, number five. All
3: right. Jen. my my number five was
4: uh, A Haunting in
3: Venice. I quite enjoyed that for all of the reasons that Brent's already talked about. I love uh, the Poirot movies. I saw the other two. Uh, I enjoy Kenneth Brana as an actor and director, and it was, it was very fun to watch um yeah hunting in venice is number five
1: <laughs> my number five is the aforementioned by everybody else super mario brothers movie uh i enjoyed this a lot but i will be up front in saying that part of the reason i enjoyed this so much was seeing my nephew who absolutely yeah. loved this movie and it was one of the first theater experiences he's had. Uh, we also went and saw the Trolls movie with him. And while he liked that, Super Mario definitely uh, did much more for him. <laughs> and it, it, was a, it was a fun movie. Like it's, It was well done. Uh, like I said in our review, I would kind of, in a weird way, I kind of hope this leads to a cinematic Nintendo universe. Because they're planning a Zelda movie, so we can eventually end up with the Super Smash Brothers movie. (laughs)
3: That's Um, how they introduce Kirby.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's that little guy do? And he just eats everything on screen? (laughs) Um, So yeah, Super Mario Brothers. Uh, Kevin. Kevin.
2: I think the next Mario Brothers, Mario films should should go into all the different Mario spin offs. We could have a Dr. Mario movie, <laughs> a, Mario, a Mario Kart movie, Mario Tennis. Well, we already Mario... had
4: Mario Kart in this movie.
2: Yeah, but still. Just a racing car movie, uh, and let's go to my number four. My number four uh, is also a movie I saw quite recently, just last past weekend, and that is uh, the newest uh, Miyazaki film, "The Boy and the. Aaron. Ooh,
1: I haven't seen it yet.
2: That's the other probably one. I probably not going
1: to gonna get a chance to before it gets sucked out of theaters. I don't know. It's theaters still anything. in
2: theaters right now. Um, it is. It, it's doing pretty well, actually. Um, I um, so. There are two kinds of Miyazaki films. There are straightforward stories where uh, strange things happen, uh, and then there are just batshit crazy movies. I love And um, this is a batshit crazy movie. Oh, it reminds yeah. me a lot of Spirited Away. Um, this movie, though, is a little, I think it's a little more personal to Miyazaki. It's set in World War II. It's about a boy, slightly older than the girl in Spirited Away, but she is sent. He is sent to the country to live with his new mother. In the first scene, I'm not, I'm not spoiling too much because I think it's well known out there. In the first scene, his mother dies in a bombing uh, in Tokyo. And she there's a fire and she dies. So he's sent to the countryside where th- his father uh, is a munitions manufacturer. And he sent his son there to meet his new mother, who is also his mother's sister. I don't know how fast this guy's dad works, but he's marrying his mother's his wife's sister um while the boy is there he discovers this tower and he climbs into it and of course falls into a sort of magical realm that he has to s- sort of quest to get through to get back to uh, the real world um there are some wacky visuals including an army of parakeets um and uh instead of the little smoke Sick creatures from spirited away We've got the Wabwabs in uh, this movie, and they look like. Did you guys watch *Star Trek: Lower Decks* this year?
1: No, yes. because it it switched to Paramount. Because they look like
2: Moopsie. You know the Moopsie, uh, Ryan. Remember the Moopsie. Oh,
4: uh, I'm trying to remember the Moopsie. The little yeah. cute
2: thing that sucks the sucks the bones out of uh bigger
4: animals but oh, they're yes, 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 you yes, yes. Watch from, the, from the space <laughs> station yeah yeah
2: yeah so these creatures look to me i saw them went oh moopsie, but they're called wawas and they turn out that they are the spirits of unborn babies oh. and these pelicans eat them and uh it's and this, so they've got to try to stop the pelicans from eating the spirits of the unborn babies it's just it's wacky it is uh, wacky really watch it. but it is gorgeous it is the most beautiful hand-drawn animation you are ever going to see and like i said i think it is the most personal uh miyazaki film so um uh, and the voice cast like robert pattinson plays the heron i uh I, I didn't recognize his voice and uh christian bale plays the father and i don't know what he's doing he's doing a, a wacky Uh, accent as well but uh, yeah so there's some strange accents but um but if you go to see the the dubbed version which is what i saw there is the sub version is in um, theaters as well uh but yeah the boy and the heron is a beautiful film and i highly recommend it and it is my number four
3: i don't think it's playing in barry anymore though no i think it had a very limited release here in like early december and we missed it
1: it was uh around the same time godzilla came out
3: yeah that was sad but that's okay. Uh,
4: okay, right, so Ryan, ready? it's me again, and my number four pick is the Super Mario Brothers movie. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was fun. Uh, once again, you know that Mario Brothers nostalgia in there too, right? But uh, yeah, it was a good cartoon. It was. I was entertained. I. It's one of the few movies in my. I am seeing my list that I don't own a copy of, but there's a bunch of my movies on my list that I don't own a copy of yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I can stream this one on one of my services. I haven't watched it again since theaters, but that's going to save like, my memory of enjoying it. And put it number four yeah. on my list. So there we go. All
3: right, my number four was the Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Thought it was very very cute. Um, I really liked Paul Rudd as the gecko. (laughs) I really liked the gecko character. And I thought it was a nice uh, refresh of the Ninja Turtles, who have been refreshed so many times. But I liked this version of them for a younger audience. So that's why that one's my number four.
1: Uh, And uh, joining my wife with my number four, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the next, or not the next mutation, (laughs) Mutant Mayhem. Uh, it is well known that I really like the turtles some versions I, I like better than others. I really like these, this refresh. Um, I'm looking forward to actually trying to get my nephew to watch it because he likes yeah. the Ninja Turtles. But w- when this come out, it came out, I thought he was a little young for it. So maybe next year I'll put it on while he's around, but it, it, it has everything that I like about the turtles and it still had a different spin on it because this one definitely focused more on the mutant side of things than the ninja side of things. So, mm-hmm. um, and the animation was really cool because that was something going into it I was a little iffy on from the trailers. And because after the last, after the first Spider Verse movie, everybody started trying to do their own thing, which is good but can also be bad. And in this case, it worked out uh, really well. So, uh, yep, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem is my number four.
2: Mm -hmm. Number three is a movie we've all, you've all talked about already. This was my favorite live action superhero movie this year, and that was the Marvels. Uh, I love the way the three of them played off each other. I love, nobody has talked about the Khan family I loved the Khan Mm. family the way they were taken from the Ms. Marvel TV series and brought Mm -hmm. into this film and put into situations that you never expected to see them in um I loved the Flurkins. I loved I just loved this movie I thought it was fun and um uh, Monica Rambeau has been one of my favorite comic book characters since I started reading comics at the age of 13, 12 or 13. And she was the in the Avengers when I started reading Avengers back in the eighties. And um, it was great to finally see her get her day in a big budget film. And um, I hope uh, that we see her again because we can't leave her where we left her. <laughs> yep. So there we go. Marvel's is number
4: three. Ryan. Oh wait, my number three is Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Hmm. I really enjoyed it. I've watched it a few times since seen it in the theater. Still enjoy it. Uh, Part of it, I think, why it's so high on my list too and my thoughts and feelings for it is it does such a good job of wrapping up that trilogy. Uh, Like you guys mentioned before with, you know, story threads and things like that being wrapped up for characters we probably won't see on this big screen again. Uh, But yeah, I thought it was, you know, the way some franchises have not landed, you know, hit stuck that landing on their third movie when they're wrapping things up. I felt mm. uh, this one did a good job of it. So that's my number three, mm-hmm. Jen.
3: Um, my number three is also the Marvels. Um, I really loved the the TV show, so I was happy to see it pick up right where it left off. Uh, I think that they did a good job of making Captain Marvel's character a little bit more relatable than she was in her own movie um and i love kamala khan i love the khan family my only criticism was not enough flirtkins <laughs> <laughs> all right number 2 oh no number 3 brent <laughs>
1: Um I would like to preface this by saying my number 3 and number 2 can switch at any time. <laughs> so uh these were uh, my number 1 movie is really solidified but my number 2 and number 3 they're they're interchangeable. So uh number 3 in uh, across the spider verse. I almost called it by the mm. first movie. Uh I thought this movie was fantastic. It did it it's what a sequel should be and i think i said that in our initial review of it it is bigger it is bolder it takes a lot of chances with different things like when you watch spider punk come on and his animation style not only for him but his like the background around him changes up is just fantastic the story is really good and uh, like i'm sort of sad that we have to wait for a while before we get the next part
0: mm-hmm.
1: but uh I enjoyed this and I'm really looking forward to the next one um so yeah uh, across the spider verse is my number 3 or 2 depending on which day of the week you ask me So that brings it to me number 2 yes my number 2
2: is across the spider verse um best superhero film of the year Yes. amazing visuals the way the different animation styles for the different characters the way they rendered spider-punk versus miles versus gwen uh just so great uh the cliffhanger so good the the, the third one can't get here quick enough and i don't think it's coming this year is it i think it's been delayed because yeah. of the strike so uh I am waiting uh, with bated breath and on pins and needles uh, for, uh, for part three of this series. Um, Across the Spider-Verse is my number two film.
4: Okay. Ryan! My number two film is Godzilla, minus one.
0: Hmm.
4: Uh, it's... it's uh, Brent will have much more to say about it, I'm sure, in one of his upcoming picks. <laughs> because I know Brent so well. But, um, yeah, it's a it's surpri- well, surprisingly good movie for being a Godzilla movie. Uh, it's a very thoughtful and well-scripted uh, subtitled movie. And uh, I guess, you know, not to take words out of Brent's mouth, so I'll leave that for him. But if you compare it to, or look back to the original Godzilla movies, where it's a movie about, the japanese government and how they react and that they're them taking on godzilla uh this one is the opposite and it's the japanese people that have to step up and take on godzilla because the government is in such disarray or is handcuffed from by because of political um happenings uh but yeah no godzilla minus one if you feel like you want to see it you should see it
1: Uh, jen
3: all right my number two movie was the barbie movie um it was awesome (laughs) but again like like some of the other movies i only saw it one the one time in theaters i only didn't see it more than once um and uh i'm curious how it's gonna hold up but i have been listening to the soundtrack uh for pretty much the entire summer um and um, I have a lot of the dolls now, and, and I really, really enjoyed the movie. It was not at all what I thought it was going to be, and I was pleasantly surprised. and I've been encouraging everybody to go see it, so that's why it's my number two.
4: Nice, I haven't seen it yet, so it's not anywhere on my list.
3: Yeah, well, I... we should watch it because it's yeah. good. <laughs> oh, no,
4: I, and I want to see it, so yeah. Um, just like I did, you know, I did see Oppenheimer, um, good movie. Just, yeah, it didn't. It's not like my top favorite ones are ones I would know I want to watch again or really enjoyed. And like, yeah. I enjoyed it, it's good, it's a serious movie, though. So, yeah, but, yeah.
1: Alrighty, I guess it's me with my number two
4: mm-hmm.
1: Godzilla Minus One. Mm. Uh, this movie was great. Uh, as uh, you can go back and listen to Ryan and I's full review on it a couple episodes ago. So I'll I'll try and be as brief as possible, but this is the, one of the best movies about survivor's guilt that just happens to have an atomic dinosaur in it. (laughs) It's it's, like, I think if you took Godzilla out and made a, like another disaster movie around it, it would still kind of work but for whatever reason the addition of godzilla as just like now it's not even war right like the it's it's a force that has no sense of right or wrong just does what it wants to do and the people have to deal with it um it, it looks fantastic if you can i really suggest seeing it on the big screen Um, For nothing else but to get those visuals and that sound on a system better than what most people have at home. So, uh, yeah, Godzilla minus one is my number two movie.
2: So that brings me to my number one. Uh, And it's a movie you guys have all already talked about. And I put it at number one because it was the most surprising good time I had at the movie at the movies this year and i think i smiled through the whole thing uh and that is dungeons and dragons honor Mm. among thieves i put that at number one yeah i just really i really had a good time i went in not expecting um a great movie and had the best time uh chris pine is great and michelle rodriguez and the i loved the 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 pompous paladin um Mm -hmm. the 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 sorcerer who wasn't sure of himself i just thought i loved the character archetypes in this movie Um, uh, i loved um hugh grant as the villain uh just super fun and i really hope that the team that brought us this movie brings us more because i would like to see more in this dungeons and dragons universe so dungeons and dragons is my number one film of the year
1: all righty ryan what is your number one movie
4: of the year Well, my number one movie of the year, I went into it, as much as I didn't want to go into it with any kind of expectations, I had high expectations. Uh, The previous movie in this franchise, when it was released, was my favorite movie of that year. So, the fact that this one was so good, and it is my number one pick for last year, Spider-Man Across the Mm Spider-Verse. Now, I know it's pretty on brand for me to like a (laughs) Spider-Man movie slash cartoon, Well, what can I say when it's this good? It's this good. So, yeah, that's my number one pick. Uh, Jen,
3: my number one pick is also Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. That's why
4: we're friends.
3: Yep. I everything that we already talked about. I really enjoyed it. The art, the story. I'm still disappointed because I forgot that it was a two parter. And mm. it just ended, and I was like, "Wait, what do you mean it just ended?" Uh, and I'm still mad about that. And this was like, "Back in January or something ridiculous." <laughs> so, um, I loved Peter Parker with Baby Mayday, um, and him being a totally awesome and awful parent at the same time. It was just yeah. fantastic.
4: Uh, so the yeah. fact that we got more Gwen story in this, that they they, yeah. they really mm. evolved her character in this. Yeah, I, I, I love,
2: love pregnant it. Jessica Drew. Yep. Yes, hmm.
3: it was just it, there's too much that was good about it to talk about, so that's why it's my number one. <laughs>
1: um, so my number one uh, is kind of surprising in the fact that I it, like apparently Jen and I are a little bit in the the reverse category. My number one is Barbie. Really? I thought, I thought this movie was great, both yeah. in like like not just from like. The story is really good. The acting, like there, it's one of those movies where I don't think you can recast any of the leads and have it be that good. Like I think I, if you take Margot, because we we've talked about it before, you take Margot Robbie out of this movie and uh, like uh, what's her name, Amy Schumer was supposed <laughs> to do this originally. Oh, oh. I, I don't see unless the movie that Amy Schumer was looking it's at totally was completely different. different. Yeah. I do not see it working. And Ryan Gosling embracing his <laughs> his kenliness in, in his, his Kennergy is fantastic to the point where he put out a Christmas Ken song, like a Christmas <laughs> version at Christmas. I I don't think that was probably mandated to him. Or if it was asked, he probably would have said... He could have said no, but he didn't. And finally, the, the production design in this movie is amazing. Like, I I am not a Barbie collector. Um, my sister had Barbies growing up. Jen obviously collects them now. But, like, just, like, every once in a while, like, when Ken pulls out his rollerblades, it just, like, it was an... It looks exactly like the toy versions that like my sister had enough that it like brought like vivid memories into my head the minute he pulled them up. Yeah. So um, I I think it's one of those movies that weirdly like again based on a toy property that it, and like when we heard about this movie I will be the first to say that I was kind of dismissive that <laughs> this was going to be any good and it turns out it was my favorite movie of twenty twenty three. Hmm.
3: That's I awesome. really went back and forth a lot on my number one and number two, but
1: Spider-Man yeah, I
3: peeked it out just a little.
1: <laughs> yeah, and honestly, the my top three are like this is the the way I've laid them out now. I don't think Barbie would move, but Godzilla and Spider Verse definitely could move up and down.
4: Well, see, I was surprised because when we left Godzilla, I'm pretty sure you told me that was your favorite movie
1: you'd seen this that year. It's definitely one of them. And like, but at the end of the day, it is like, I'm like, I want to see God, my top three, I want to watch again. Like, with no, like, no hesitations. Yeah. I want to see Godzilla again. I want to see Spider-Verse again. I want to see Barbie. Spider-Verse, I might wait until the next one is on the horizon, just so I have that refresher, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I own
4: Spider-Man. I own Guardians. Godzilla isn't available to be purchased yet, but I Mm. will
1: pick buy it when it comes out so yeah that's definitely one i'm gonna buy as well mm-hmm.
2: interesting to me that the two movies that uh were just out of my top 11 because we talked about my top 11 nobody mentioned the other two as well and those were uh shazam fury of the gods and ant-man and the wasp quantum mania
4: they're mm-hmm. in my just outside top ten yeah as well. same so, too with the flash
2: so my my bottom three
3: were ant-man the flash and shazam like mm. They were my like, bottom. Shazam like mean I think bottom
4: was... as in, like, the least favorite movies you saw? Yeah,
3: yeah. Oh. Out of my 15, uh, Shazam was 15.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got Ant-Man at the bottom of my list.
3: Yeah. And again, I remember really enjoying it when I saw it in theaters. But compared to everything else I saw... Oh, actually, maybe I should switch that with Indiana Jones. I'm not sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's... I... <sighs> I don't want to be insulting to these movies. Because I know how hard it is to make a film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. is like I think for my list. It was how much do I remember this movie. And. Yeah. Um, like I know I loved Blue Beetle. When I saw it. But the fact that it didn't even register. When I was making this list. That I had seen it. <laughs> kind of says something to me. A little bit. Um flash is probably the bottom of my list i i know i like it and yeah. enjoyed it somewhat like uh, much like what kevin was saying it's more the the michael keaton batman stuff i liked more than anything else mm-hmm.
3: but well maybe flash is the bottom of my list i don't know i uh yeah <laughs> anyway <laughs>
2: Should we go quicker when we talk about television? That or, if
3: we should... Uh, I don't
1: have a lot to talk should about. Should we make this a part TV. two?
3: Yeah, that's what I was thinking, because we've already been on for a long time. Maybe we should do yeah, that, two next time.
1: Okay, yeah, let's do that, because that gives us another episode. worth <laughs> There we go. <laughs> All right, so uh, we will do TV next time. Um, but uh, before we do, like... Like actual geek picks, I will throw this in For you to uh, As well If you want to throw in Something that was One of your favorite things of 2023 That will probably Not make it's own subject Category in the next episode mm. uh, Feel free to do so Okay I got that Does that sound good?
2: You want to do that now? Uh,
1: Yeah, and I'll I'll pull up the patron list while I'm doing that.
2: Okay, my best thing of 2023 that doesn't fall into any category that we could probably talk about is the Marvel drone show at Walt Disney Studios Paris. That was the most freaking awesome thing (laughs) I have ever seen. Like, they had Spider-Man climbing up the side of the Tower of Terror, Hulk smashing, Iron Man flying across the... The, the sky and they did the whole thing with freaking drones it was phenomenal uh so yeah that is my like number one geek thing of the year uh closely followed by e-trenaline the combination dark ride and five-star dining establishment that i that i did at europa park uh you know th- those two things uh, uh probably will not uh, i i it's going to take something really awesome to knock those off the top of my list of favorite experiences that I've ever had. So yeah, those, those two things. Wow. Gosh. Anybody else got something similar? Nope.
3: Well, we're <laughs> going to talk. <laughs> I mean, I could talk about my top toy now because we're not talking about it next time.
1: Yeah, so go ahead, it. Jen.
3: Um, Cause now I've been thinking about it and my, probably the top toy I bought this year uh, it was from the um the uh Chicago Toy Fair um and it's the knitting for Barbie tube that I got that I I absolutely love and it's just it's from 1962 and it came with the original pattern in it and these were kits that they sold in the 60s that came with needles, wool and a knitting pattern and it was a tube to knit some Barbie clothes so I didn't know these existed until I saw it at the toy show. Uh, and I have since looked to see if for the other ones because, as far as I can tell, there are four of them. And I've never, I haven't been able to find them anywhere online. So um, I love this thing. <laughs> so that's probably my number one toy related purchase of the year. Cool. Nice.
1: Uh, do you have anything, Ryan? No.
4: No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I live a simple life, and I can't think of anything right now. I didn't travel to Paris or <laughs> Chicago. Just Barry.
3: I got so many cool toys this year.
4: <laughs> well, I have a whole. I do a whole podcast talking about my toys that I buy every month, so I'm gonna save something for that. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I, I think Jen's right. Maybe we should start doing T-shirts again. Cause I didn't travel to ch- Paris or Chicago. Just Barry is a t-shirt, <laughs> like a black t-shirt that in white text. I I'm almost positive we could just sell those by word of mouth in this city. <laughs> um, well, I I guess my favorite thing. Um, that I won't really get to talk about on uh the next episode is I got to see uh Skinny Puppy, which is one of my favorite bands. I got to see their last show in Toronto uh, as part of their last tour. And if you read their last interview together, it definitely feels like they are not going to be touring with one another again. <laughs> um it was it when I saw them, it was it was kind of an odd day and time for me because uh my dad had surgery that day and it was routine stuff but I knew it was good but you always have that little bit of worry and the other thing was is um our our friend other ed was supposed to go with me and he screwed his neck up at work and mm. couldn't like it, he keeps kicking himself for go like oh I should have just like doped myself up and gone I'm like yeah, but you, you were, would have been standing on concrete floor for two hours. It would have probably screwed you up even worse. Like, mm-hmm. So um, as part of that, uh, I, I've met a guy online through John and Way's podcast, uh, Bruce Lord, who hosts uh, We Have a Technical, which is a podcast about industrial and goth music and stuff like that. And I knew, it because at the time, Skinny Puppy wasn't going to be doing Vancouver, so he was flying to Toronto for the show. And uh, he, he was going staying with his brother. And I messaged him like, hey, do, do you still need a ticket? And he's like, oh, well, my brother's thinking about going. And I'm like, I've got one available. And he's like, what do you want for it? I'm like, whatever you want to pay. And to Bruce's credit, he paid face value. I like he could have given me like ten bucks at that point because I had tried almost everybody. Like I knew who would like that music, and everybody was busy that night. So, uh, and he's like, meet up with me uh, uh, beforehand, and we'll we'll uh, get a chance to talk in person and stuff. And I did, and that and Bruce is a really solid dude. Uh, we talked about beers, we talked about wrestling, and then we went to the show. And it was, as as much as, like, Bruce and I don't know each other super well, it was really cool to go to a show that I was super excited for and that Bruce was, like, super excited for it because it's one of his favorite bands. And at the time, he was thinking this was the last time he was going to get a chance to see them. And that made, like, the whole show just really, really good. I keep l- scanning YouTube for a really good bootleg video and audio of it so i can like rip it and turn it into an audio bootleg for the memories sort of portion of it so uh, that was my one of my favorite things the show was awesome uh, the only regret was is the merch line was like three hours long so i didn't stand in it and uh my particular sizing and t-shirt has been uh eliminated off of their website so i can't even order a t-shirt from it no uh, it was really good. So that brings us to the end of this episode. But before we get to the end, end, we have Patreon shout outs. If you would like to help us out, you can go to patreon.com slash true North nerds and uh, send us three bucks a month. That gets you uh, not a heck of a lot of extras, but it helps pay for our hosting and for our theme song rights and a bunch of other things. So we appreciate everybody who can give us a hand. If you uh, if you can't uh, do that, totally understandable like the economy is not the world's greatest but if you'd like to help us out just give us a good rating on whatever podcast thing you listen to us on and and spread the word and when you see us post up a link to the show repost it in your feed maybe one of the nerds you're friends with will check us out too so um to that end we would like to thank Drew, Karina, Alex, who is also the co-host of Listen to This, the Patreon sort of exclusive show, and I will get to the sort of uh when when we get into the end of this episode. Uh Team Woods, Mike Hammond, and Rex. Thank you all very much for uh, helping us out and keeping the the lights on the show running. Uh that brings us to geek picks and end of show stuff. Who wants to go first with their geek pick? I'll go first before you can steal my geek pick. My oh, geek okay. pick That's... is a wonderful
4: new comic that came out uh just at the end of last year. Uh the last week of 2023. It's our first foray into the new Skybound G.I. Joe portion Of the Energon universe Uh, We got issue one of Duke And It is setting Some good groundwork for That uh, portion of the universe Universe Uh, I enjoyed it I'm pretty sure Brent did too And I'm looking forward to issue Two which comes out uh, soon I think a week or two But yeah so if you've been enjoying Void Rivals and or transformers then i would say check out duke
1: there you go all righty who wants to go next
2: i guess i can um i'm also going to talk comics because uh i've been loving the the dc um app and i've been i paid for ultra so i'm only a month behind the comic shops and i am really enjoying a couple of storylines i'm gonna i'm gonna highlight three storylines that i I'm Really, maybe four that I quite am I'm quite enjoying in DC right now. One is the Titans Beast War storyline. Um, I, it, I think it's just fun and it's something new that uh, uh that we've never seen before, and it, it's really made Beast Boy um, a very, very much more powerful character than we ever gave him credit for. So that that, that arc I'm really enjoying. Um, the Amazon Attacks storyline that's running through a book called Amazon's Attack and Wonder Woman. Um, I'm liking what's going on there, it's pretty interesting. The sort of uh, basically, it's a it's a um, a, a paralleling of um, of the immigration story that's going on in the U.S. right now. You know, Amazons are now uh, persona non grata, and they all have to leave the U.S. and that's causing some trouble. Um, I'm also speaking of Amazon's "Loving Birds of Prey," uh, which Black Canary has put a team together in order to infiltrate um, Samuscara to save um, her sister uh, or her adopted sister Sin. Uh, just the mix of characters in that book is really fun: Harley Quinn, Big Barda, um, Zealot, and uh, uh, the, um, the 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 Batgirl who has her whole face covered. Um, Cassie, Cassandra. is it Cassie? Yeah. Cassandra. Cassandra yeah, uh, the, those are her, her her, sort of team, and um, they're super fun uh, together. And then the last book, because it, it just makes my little Justice League International heart happy, is the Fire and Ice Welcome to Smallville miniseries, in which Fire and Ice are running a beauty salon and trying to reform supervillains at the same time, um, with the help of Martha Kent, um it's it's weird but fun and the art is gorgeous and i've always loved both fire and ice and um i just think it's um fun and silly it's comic booky the way comic books are supposed to be so there's some some picks for you if you are like me are a dc comics fan okay. jen oh, okay.
0: jen yep
3: um I finally finished watching season 12 of Doctor Who. Yay! 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 So now I have to watch the season 13 one. And it was very good. And I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this whole episode was by Geek Picks. Don't yep. see any of the movies we already talked about. <laughs> okay, that's it.
0: Go, Brent,
2: go. <laughs> Doctor Who is good.
1: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, It. <laughs> is oh crap what was it i had it and then it it wasn't ryan's and then ryan threw me off by talking about duke <laughs> oh okay i remember uh so on new year's eve uh jen and i watched a couple movies and one was uh one of my favorite uh old school jackie chan movies called armor of God. Um, It is (laughs) probably most,
0: (laughs) it was probably
1: most famous for in North America. That's the movie where uh, Jackie uh, kind of slipped a little bit. He jumped onto a tree and the branch broke and he fell like 14 feet or 15 feet, something like that to like his almost doom, except there was a cameraman at the bottom of the tree. So he like like smashed into the cameraman and ended up going into a coma, <laughs> but um, it's uh it's basically Jackie Chan's take at Indiana Jones style movie, and it is weird and awesome all at the same time. Uh, the only thing I will say about it is the version that Jen and I watched was on Tubi, and uh, the it is um when rumble in the bronx came out in the late 90s uh, and it like made this wave of everybody in north america interested in jackie chan it was a cheaply subtitled movie because there was uh him and the other lead character grew up and were in a band together you know almost like bothers there was
3: it was so weird.
1: Words in the subtitling. It was great. Oh, <laughs> so oh uh, yes. bother, yeah bothers. Um, but was, uh
3: yeah, yeah, it was enjoyable. So, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it. it was yeah, weird. wait till
1: <laughs> you see the next one, Jen. Oh no, Operation Condor. <laughs>
0: oh no,
1: it's where it's where the Nazis come in. <laughs> so um so yeah that's it for this week uh thanks again for listening it's a little bit of a longer episode but uh next week's is next episode in two weeks is going to be a little bit longer too uh anybody got any plugs you want to get in before we call it a night not at the moment no uh, check out our instagrams the
4: tales from instagram the true north nerds instagram like Balance follow share Dolls and Ponies Instagram. Yep, all that stuff.
1: And uh, you can find us at TrueNorthNerds com. That le- that was done by. Uh, oh crap! Team I Woods. have the Team Woods. Who? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Who kindly put it together for us? Uh, the last thing I will say uh, for longtime listeners is the uh the next episode of listen to this is a guest episode. Uh, I should be recording it on the 15th with, along with Alex. Our guest is going to be our good friend Nate Milton is going to be uh joining us on the show to talk about uh Out an Outcast album. So I'm really looking forward to that. And uh because of that, uh, Alex and I made the the decision that Uh, guest episodes when we have somebody on in order to kind of, you know, spread the love to their, like the guests uh, audience as well as our own. And maybe grab a couple new listeners. Uh, The guest episodes will be free. So um, it will be on Patreon, but it will also be in the regular feed. And I'm thinking as, because I don't want to leave, you know, patrons completely out in the cold. Uh, I'm thinking I'm going to upload as a thank you for patrons only, since they won't be getting a Patreon episode, um, an old interview that I did way back, if I can find it, that has never appeared on this podcast. So, so, yeah, uh, if I can find it. So uh, that that's for February's. Listen to this, and it should be good. We've been going back and forth with Nate for a little bit. So, uh, uh, what I got to do this week is sit down and listen to the album in its entirety.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you mean you have to listen to it? Yes, I have to listen to this. Yes. yes. Dot that's dot I said dot it. album. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, thank you everyone for listening and we will be back in two weeks to finish up our uh, roundup of 2023 stuff that we liked. Mm -hmm. Uh, Until then, Obama stay. Bye.
2: Bye. See ya. Thank
1: you
3: for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram At True North Nerds To contact one or any of the nerds You can email them at TrueNorthNerds at gmail.com Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle You can find more of their music At KirbyCrackleMusic.com If you like this show Please go to your podcast
1: app of choice And rate and review us